0: My name is Lauren, and I just want to draw your attention to a couple things. Um, hopefully you grabbed a bulletin on your way in. That bulletin on all different sides of it has dates um, for you to mark your calendar and opportunities for you to plug in to the Life of Faith Church. But I do want to um, draw your attention to a couple of them um first up we have abide abide is um just a a time that we carve out uh every so often to gather uh, a little bit more informally as the body of christ uh we we gather at the burleson home my home um kind of over by the rescue ranch side of town and we just make space to worship with the lord our friend jt leads us in worship there um and we just uh bring our praise to the Lord, and we sit and listen, and we ask what the Holy Spirit wants to do um, so that he has the freedom to move um, and to do his work in us and through us, and we make space to pursue the gifts of the Holy Spirit um, and just spend time um, soaking and abiding in his presence. Um, So you are welcome to join us for that. And there is a flyer on the back connect wall, among um, other information on the connect wall. It's got the address um, and uh, the date and time and all of that on there. Um, That is coming up uh, on the 17th, Monday the 17th, is our next Abide, and we would love to have you there. Um, for our next announcement, I'd like to invite Brittany Gross up um, to give us some details on an exciting women's event coming up in just a few weeks.
1: Hi, so we're going to have a slumber party for the ladies of faith. Um, it's going to be 80s theme because that just makes it that much more fun but we are going to so we're asking everybody to show up in outfits like the whatever costume they 80s costume they want to show up in and then we're going to have a salon there so we're going to have the rave the white rain all of the teasing essentials um a crimper probably and then the neon makeup so that will be done for you there um and then we are going to have a um, runway, um, what is that called? Run- fashion show, fashion show, that's the word. We're going to have a fashion show, so, and there will be prizes. Um, best hair, best walk, best um, outfit, best overall. So, <laughs> yes, and then we will lead into our karaoke time, and we will have a special host, but that will be surprise whenever you get there. Um, We're going to just have some fun, some games, a scavenger hunt, and then a couple of housekeeping things. It is a slumber party, but if you don't want to spend the night, you can just show up and then go home whenever you want to. Um, But if you're going to spend the night, then bring air mattresses um, to sleep there. And then in the morning, yes, the fellowship hall. Um, And then in the morning, we'll do some devotionals and a breakfast. So, oh, and then we do ask that if you're gonna come, if you will go ahead and sign up on Realm so we can get a head count, so we can uh, make the scavenger hut perfect and everything. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Brittany. And as far as um, registering, it's only $5 to come, $5 for what sounds like, A very full evening of entertainment and fellowship with Sisters in Christ. Um, There is a flyer on the back connect wall as well as I think there's an announcement in your bulletin, a graphic with that QR code. If you scan that, it'll bring you right to the registration page to sign up. Um, That is going to be a really fun, uh, just a blast from the past, uh, a fun time to just spend um, getting to know uh, the other women here at Faith Church in really um, unique and awkwardly wonderful ways. So I hope you can join us for that. Lastly this morning, um, I want to let you know our Faith Followers program. That is our, our um, bi-monthly, discipleship program, bi-monthly discipleship program for um, third through fifth graders. So if you have a third through fifth grader or know a third through fifth grader, we would love to have them connect up with Faith Followers. It's every other Wednesday evening here at Faith Church. And um, for those that are in Faith Followers, we have a special sheet for you. You got one last week. I just want to remind you, they're actually by the front door right now. So if you haven't grabbed one, go ahead and grab that. Fill that out so that you can be participating um, this Wednesday when we have Faith Followers. It's this Wednesday here at Faith Church. And um, I think that is it for this morning in terms of announcements. But if you all would stand with me as we continue to prepare our hearts to worship the Lord... Um, to bring him uh, all that he deserves and to receive whatever it is that he wants to, to give us this morning. We're going to turn to him in prayer, and he's just drawn my attention to, um, to Psalm 69, so I'm just going to pray into that um, with you uh, as, we, as we offer ourselves to him this morning. Father, I thank you for this time and this space, God, that you have carved out for each one that you've brought here this morning. God, I pray that you would receive buckets and buckets and buckets of praise, Lord. God, your word says, I will praise the name of God with a song. I will magnify him with thanksgiving. This will please the Lord more than an ox or a bull with horns and hoofs. When the humble see it, they will be glad. You who seek God, let your hearts revive. For the Lord hears the needy and does not despise his own people who are prisoners. Jesus, fill this place with your praise. Magnify your presence through our thanksgiving. Lord, let us just revel and abide in your presence. Presence being thick this morning. You are so good. In Jesus' name, amen.
2: Before we begin our praise and worship portion this morning, I'd like to share with you some scriptures out of Revelation chapter 4 and 8 and 9. Scripture tells us that in Revelation chapter 4, John was in the spirit, and he gets this incredible vision of heaven. He's telling of all the magnificent sights and sounds and all the activity that's going on there, and the throne, and him who sits on the throne. Amazing things going on. There's lightning and there's a roar of thunder. And the worship of who John describes in verse 8 as the living creatures. They're saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is to come. It says when these living creatures give glory and honor and thanks that the 24 elders fall down and worship God casting their crowns to his throne and they're saying worthy are you o lord and god to receive glory and honor and power for you created all things by your will they existed And by your will, they were created. I'm going to pick up a little in uh, chapter 5, John speaking. He says, Then I saw on the right hand of him who was seated on the throne a scroll that was written within, on the back and on the sides, sealed with seven seals. And a loud voice said, Who? is worthy to open the scroll and to break its seals. No one in heaven or under heaven or on earth was able to open the scroll or to even look in it. John says, I began to weep loudly because no one was found worthy to open the scroll and to look into it. And one of the elders said to me, Weep no more. Behold the Lion of the tribe of Judah, the Root of David. He has conquered so that he can open the seven seals. And then John looks and sees a lamb. And he goes on to describe him. We know him as Jesus, God incarnate. Emmanuel, God with us. He describes more of the sights and the sounds of worship and in verse 9 he says, and they sang a new song saying, worthy are you to take the scroll and to open its seals for you were slain and by your blood You ransomed people for God from every tribe, language, and people, and nation. And you have made them a kingdom and priests to our God, and they shall reign on earth. I won't continue any further, but let us just join now as the praise team gets ready to crank up here. And let's join heaven this morning and and worship the Lamb, the Lion of Judah, the Worthy One, Jesus Christ. Amen.
3: God of Jacob, great I am, King of angels, Son of man, voice of many waters, song of heaven's throne, louder than the thunder. Prepare the way with our praise, God. We just ask that you would just come in and let your glory fall on this place as heaven and earth collide this morning. We thank you, Jesus, for your presence. We thank you that you are the lamb and you are the lion. You are exalted. You are seated in heaven. You are seated and you are ruling and reigning over everything. Hallelujah.
4: our sacrifice If you're uh, part of Faith Followers and you have your sheet at the end of the message as you're leaving, fold it up, make sure your name's on it, and put it in the connect box on your left on the way out, and uh, you'll be getting uh, points and prizes for uh, what you uh, have listed on your sheet This morning, we're continuing. We have two weeks left in our authority series. We have this week, and then we have next week. Um, And I'm going to be in John 15 this morning. Uh, And we want to learn to walk how Jesus walked. How did Jesus do things? How did he operate? What authority did he walk in? And what does that mean for us? I want to talk to you about a Uh, a retail trend that has been happening. I mean, they've been calling it out for a few decades now, but it's called shrinkflation. Does anybody know what shrinkflation is? The best example for me, because I enjoy them so much, is Pringles chips right? Pringles you get in the big tin. And I didn't get them a lot growing up because they were always more expensive than the regular chips. But well, if there's just something about pulling them out. You can pull out a whole stack and eat 12 at a time, and it just brings out some joy in you that's not there when you open a bag of chips and just eat them like that. So, but over the years, here's what shrinkflation is uh, with Pringles. The chips used to be a certain size, certain width, certain bend, and you were charged a certain amount. And over years, you can find pictures of this online. If you go and after church is over and you typed in shrinkflation examples, you'd get a bunch. But over time, the Pringle chips have gotten smaller and the price has stayed the same. Or it's gone up, right? Another big one that that has done this um, is Toblerone. They changed the way that their bars were made so you get less chocolate per bar and they charge you the same amount. One of the biggest offenders is, uh, do you guys know the Simply juices that you can find in your uh, grocery store? The Simply juice, orange juice, lemonade. those, Those used to be 64 ounces. And then they went down to 59 and now they're 52. And not only has the price not gone down as you've gotten less, it's actually gone up. So you're paying more for less stuff. And this is how the companies get away from it. Because you don't check to see how much your bag of chips weighed. You don't have a bag of chips from three years ago to be like, oh, this was 16 ounces and now it's 13 and a half. And I'm paying more. right? They know that we don't do that. So we're getting, uh, we're getting price gouged without knowing it, right? We're getting less when we have been expecting more. And so I'm gonna talk about prayer this morning and uh, pardon my cheesiness, but how shrinkflation has come to our prayer, right? How, we've, uh, how the Bible presents this big thing, this big power of prayer and we experience less and less and less. And I've used this before and so uh, it it fits perfectly is that the Bible will say something and the Bible puts the, uh, the word of God and it explains our situation and it puts this as the standard. But our experience only goes up to right here. So instead of thinking, well, maybe my experience should start to go up to what the word actually says, What we'll do is we'll try to knock down the Bible. Well, it doesn't mean this. Ah, well, when he said that, he wasn't really talking to everybody. He was just talking. And and it gets down and down to match our level of experience. But we never let it actually match our level of experience. We have it a little bit up so we can still say that it's living and active. It's supernatural. It's God-breathed, right? Because if it's down here, then it's it's not. So we have it right there, and there's just a little bit more. But what I'm going to present to you as we talk about prayer is that the Bible presents prayer, the, its effectiveness, and its power up here, and yes, we may have only experienced right here, but we are not going to knock down the Bible to our level so that our consciences feel okay, so that we don't feel discouraged, right? I, I don't want you to feel discouraged, and, and, and normally when people talk about prayer, I, I'm going to tell you what I don't want to do this morning. Normally when we talk about prayer, and I've done this in the past, and uh, I've repented of it, but we... Uh, the pastor, the preacher, whoever's teaching, will just sit there and tell everybody, you need to pray more. You need to pray more. You're not praying correctly. You're not praying uh, enough. You're not doing all the things that need to be done for your prayer. We all know where we're deficient in prayer. Like, I don't have to preach that to you. I know where I am deficient in prayer, I know as I prepared this message, I know everywhere where I'm thinking things or I'm practicing things and I'm saying them out loud, and I'm trying to quiz myself in the moment and say, do you actually believe that? Because you don't really live like it. We all have those places. So I'm not here to to tell you how horrible of a prayer you are and you need to shape up so God will love you more. Now, what I want to do is I just want to present to you what the Bible says about how we can pray and then let you pursue it how God is leading you. Before we jump into our scripture in John chapter 15, here's a recap of the last few weeks. Authority is the believer's right. It's his legal right to use the power of God to bring his kingdom on earth. That's what authority is. And Jesus came to save humanity, but also to redeem all creation through his life, death, and resurrection. He reclaims for humanity what Adam lost. Where Adam's sin brought death, Jesus brings life. Where Adam lost authority, Jesus wins authority back. And Jesus was given all authority in heaven and earth, and he shares that authority with us so that his kingdom will come on earth as it is in heaven. This is something that the church, through tradition and through lack of experience, has uh, shrink-flated, has minimized over time. It's this whole concept that the kingdom can actually come on earth. Right? The kingdom is not this faraway thing, way off in the future. But when Jesus tells us, pray that my will would be done and that the kingdom would come on earth, he's saying it can happen now. Well, doesn't Jesus know that it's not supposed to come to a future date? Or I don't see it around, so Jesus must have been wrong. right? When he says that, he means it. I'm gonna read verses one through 11 in John chapter 15. And here's what it says. I am the true vine and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you. and the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire, and burn. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. By this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit and prove to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept the Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be full. This is the word of the Lord. So what we have here is we have Jesus talking about the necessity of being connected to to the Father, who is the branch, who is the one that that holds all together. And Jesus says, "I am the true vine." He is what we go for, and we'll go to get to that again. But as we talk about prayer, I just want to say that prayer is a conversation with God. It's a, and it is a learning process to hear God when you have a conversation with him. You're not always gonna just speak and then he speaks back and it's gonna be so crystal clear and so direct and you're just gonna understand it right away or even after time. But there's a conversation that happens and there's different types of prayer. The Acts Prayer Method covers uh, four good ones. Uh, I'll say I'll add one to it at the end. But the Acts Prayer Method, it's a way to pray and uh, adoration. There are times where we just praise God for who He is, for His goodness, His glory, His power, all for His attributes and nothing else. Just that alone. Confession confession, where we confess of ways that we've fallen short and ask for his forgiveness. For thanksgiving, where we thank him for the things that he has done, for the ways that he's moved, for the ways that he's revealed himself, and then supplication, which is just a fancy term for asking God for your heart's desires. And if you don't know why it's called the Acts Prayer Method, just read up and down really quick and not left to right. Then you'll see. Adoration, confession, thanksgiving, supplication. I'm going to add one for this morning, and I'm simply going to title it what I've called the title of the message, which is authoritative prayer. Aligning your will with God's will to see the power in the things that you pray for. And let me say, by this, I'm not saying that there is not power in adoration. There absolutely is. I would never say that there is not power in confession and repentance. Uh, There is more power in those types of prayers than almost any other prayer. So for all of them, but this authoritative power is what we're gonna look into a little bit more, where we align with what God has said and with what God has spoken and move in that. So I have three ways, I have three ways that we can begin to see uh, an authoritative prayer model in our lives, three attributes to authoritative prayer. And the first is that it's spirit-led. It is spirit-led prayer. Authoritative prayer is spirit-led. Ephesians chapter 6 right, has some very well-known passages if you've been in church for any length of time. Right? It, It's we do not war against flesh and blood, but against rulers and authorities and power principalities and the evil forces of darkness and all the spiritual places. So uh, doing all that you can to stand firm, stand. And then he says, so therefore put on the armor of God, right? And if you grew up in church, I did it when I was a youth pastor, you might have seen somebody do armor of God and they actually put stuff on to show where every piece goes. I've taught on the armor of God here, the breastplates, the helmets, all of it. And then at the end of this thought, here's what Paul says. He says, praying at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. And also for me that the words may be given to me and opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel for which I'm an ambassador and chains that I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak. He says, pray at all times in spirit. Now, um, despite what some people would teach or say, um, praying in the spirit in this context is not speaking in tongues. If you get around people who uh, view that as one of the higher manifestations of the Holy Spirit, um, this is not speaking in tongues or every time I prayed in English, I would be going against the Bible. so that's not what this is saying here. We'll get to tongues in a second, but I want to to point out that this is not what it is saying here. We are praying in the spirit and I'm going to give you a very disappointing definition of praying in the spirit. And I know it's disappointing because it's really circular and you'll understand what I mean. Spirit-led prayer is recognizing and partnering with the Holy Spirit in prayer. And to that you say, well, yeah. If it's spirit-led, then we're partnering with the spirit. See how it's circular? How, how it just it feeds off its, uh, uh, off its own definition. You're not supposed to use the word in defining the word. That's like one of the first rules you learn in English. And yet I just did it all here. But I'm going to explain so it, it, will, it will open up to you, hopefully. I promise. Spirit-led prayer. Because if I say something like this and it's terminology you're not completely used to, it's a foreign way of thinking about praying, you might ask, okay, where do I start? How do I even begin to start doing this? Right? If you want to start to pray in the Spirit, then pray Scripture or pray things in the Scripture because all Scripture is God-breathed. It is living and active. It is the very words that you have here, black on white, are empowered, were given by men under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. So this is the Spirit's words in action. And the good places to start is ap- the apostolic prayers found in the New Testament. What do I mean by apostolic prayers? It's prayers that apostles wrote down. So Paul writes down prayers in almost every book he sends. Peter has prayers. John has prayers. Last week, I, I used Ephesians chapter one in my message. And so here, it's, here it says, Paul in Ephesians chapter one, verse 16, he says, I do not cease to give my thanks to you, remembering you in my prayers. That the, Lord of our God, uh, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory. And then he goes to tell them what he's praying for them. He says, may give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation and knowledge of him, having the eyes of your heart enlightened. So how do you pray the scripture in that case? Here's what you do. Okay, it says that Paul prayed that they would give us, have a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. This is how easy it is. Father, I pray that you would give me a spirit of, of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you. What's the next verse? Having the eyes of your hearts enlightened, that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you and what are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints. Father, I pray that you would enlighten my eyes, that I may know what the hope is to which you have called me. I want to know your hope in my life And I want to know all of the riches of your inheritance. God, I just don't want some of them. I want them all. Give me all of the riches of your inheritance of the saints. That's how you pray scripture. It's very straightforward. And you can add in as you go. You don't have to quote the verse directly like I did. You'll have to go back and say, okay, what does it say again? Okay, but this is how we begin to pray. It's spirit led prayers. It's by opening your Bible, knowing what it says, and then praying what it says. the psalms are easy to do this one. I mean there are some difficult psalms where like he's where he's calling for the death of the children of his enemies. those are harder to pray than like oh Lord as the deer pants for the water so my soul longs after that, that's easier right And then there's stuff in there that's really hard like God open me up, know what's in me, show me what's evil in me and lead me in your way. that's a hard prayer. So that's how we can pray scriptures. And sometimes, spirit-led prayer is prayer without words. Maybe you've been praying for something, and you've been praying for something, and it hasn't happened, it hasn't come, and, and what you've been praying for. So you're praying for this outcome, but it's oh, you're always getting this outcome. And one time after you've prayed for this outcome, this good outcome, and you get the bad outcome again, you just kind of flop down on your bed, on your couch, and you just can't say anything anymore. You feel like all your words have been used. Every prayer that you know to pray about your situation, about your circumstance, about what you're asking for, you've used all the words up already. And you just kind of sit there and go, maybe you start weeping. Here's what, the, the amazing thing in that is in that the Holy Spirit is praying for you. Here's what it says in Romans chapter eight. Faith followers, Romans chapter eight, verses 26 and 27, that's the only freebie you get, okay? Likewise, the spirit helps us in our weakness. For we do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the spirit himself intercedes with us with groanings too deep for words, and he who searches hearts knows what is in the mind of the spirit because the spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. God, I don't have anything else. You know you know all the prayers I've been praying for the last seven years. You know them all. Just take them up. The spirit does it. The spirit intercedes. It's like he takes them from us and he carries them up to Jesus who is then interceding for us on behalf of Uh, uh, next to the, the Father. Prayer in the Spirit can be without words. And prayer in the Spirit can be speaking in tongues. Prayer in the Spirit can be speaking in tongues. For one who speaks in a tongue speaks not to men but to God. For no one understands him, but he utters mysteries in the Spirit. So there is a spiritual gift of speaking in tongues where you pray and it's not an English language, it's actually not any known language because no one can understand it, but the Spirit is, is, uh, is uttering the mysteries through us. And then later on in 1 Corinthians, here's what Paul says. He says, what am I to do? He says, I will pray with my spirit, but I will pray with my mind also. This one makes me a little uncomfortable. Because what Paul is saying is that there is a way to pray with your mind. I'm comfortable praying with my mind, but then Paul is saying, but there are times when my mind isn't there and I'm just praying in my spirit. Okay. So sometimes, especially for those of us who tend to overthink things, you have to shut off your mind. because I know, I know, because I know some of you do it, because I do it. Where, where we start praying, and then we're analyzing what we're praying as we're praying it. Well, okay, I, I, I'm going to ask for this guy. Whoa, okay, is that biblical that I just ask for this? Like, okay, okay, I'm going to pray for this. Uh, well, what actually should I pray for here? Because if this happened, then, then I, I don't know if I would like it, but if that happened, then maybe I'd go, ah, right? If that happens to anybody else, you have to disconnect your mind. And that's okay, Paul says. Because sometimes he'll pray with his mind. Sometimes he'll pray with his spirit. Sometimes he'll praise with his spirit. He'll sing praise. And other times he'll just sing with his mind. These are all ways that spirit-led prayer happens. And just spirit-led prayer can happen when you just start praying and God provides the words. Whether you're praying for someone else whether you're praying for yourself, whether you're alone, whether you're with people. I don't know if you've ever had the experience where you just start praying and you just, all of a sudden like you're eloquent and you're not afraid or ashamed to speak in public and you're just praying and it just comes out and you stop and you're like, what just happened? That's spirit led prayer. That is spirit led prayer. So spirit, or authoritative prayer is first and foremost, it is spirit-led. And secondly, authoritative prayer is from identity. It's from your identity. If you've ever seen a, a dog who is afraid of their master, you've seen the way that they approach. Right? They approach timidly, cowered down, slinking up to them, but when we pray, we don't We don't have to do that. That's how we feel, especially after we found ourselves stumbling in sin or uh, not doing what we know that God is calling us to do, and then when it comes time to pray, if we can even muster up the affection for God in that moment, we just kind of go,
3: Are you still there,
4: God? Because I'm not really sure. I'm not. But when we pray, we must remember who God is, but we also remember who we are in Christ. You have to remember that. Look, God, I understand who God is. God is all-knowing, all-powerful creator, sovereign, sovereign being over everything. Right? He, he created everything that we see and that we know from the mere sound of his voice, and everything holds together within Christ Jesus. Right, So I remember who he is, but I also will, and since I remember who he is, I will do everything that he gives me permission to do. And what does he give us permission to do in Hebrews chapter 4? He says, because you have Jesus, because he's the high priest and he's passed through the heavens, Jesus, the son of God, hold fast to our confession for we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weakness, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are and yet without sin. And here's what he gives you permission to do. He says, then let us draw near with confidence to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. He says, go with confidence when you approach God. Now, this is not, this is not cockiness. This is not strutting in and saying, hey God, what's up? Here's what we're gonna do today. This is coming in, saying, I can come to you. I, it's like, I am, it's like when Adam and Eve, when they're getting, uh, when, when they've fallen and they're getting restored. What happens? The, the angel walks through the sacrifice. So when we come to the throne, it's like we're walking through the sacrifice and so we can stand up and say, hey God, it's, I'm here, it's me. And he says, okay, speak. Let's talk. Let's chat. Let's go. So because God is big and because God is sovereign, I will do everything he says that I can do. If he's given me permission to do it, I want to pursue it. So I'm not going to read this and and do what we do to so many verses is put caveats on it and say, well, he said, let's approach, then draw near with confidence to the throne of grace. But we'll say, unless this happens or except for this time, or I don't know about this. He says, no, draw near with confidence to the throne of grace. This identity, coming from our identity in Christ allows us unashamed access. So let's just do it real quick. You don't have to stand up and put your hand on your chest. Say, I am made in the image of God. God. Say, I am a child of God. I am am a a holy one. I am his friend. I'm an ambassador, I'm, an ambassador. I'm, a I'm a partner, and I'm an overcomer. I'm an overcomer. Amen. amen and amen. amen. When we know, understand, get this ingrained in us, then it allows us to come with that confidence. I don't know if if, if you ever did this with your kids or you had it growing up, but there have been a couple times where my wife has told my kids, hey, right now would be a good idea to ask daddy for something. Because I'm in a good mood. I've been well fed. I haven't been bothered most of the day. Right? And then they're like, go ask, okay, hey, you wanted to go do this? You wanted to, like, Emery's been wanting to go to TJ Maxx and I haven't taken her in, like, two weeks, but she keeps asking. Like, okay, go ask him now. Is it a good mood. Go. It's always like that with God. You can go ask him, you can go approach him. (laughs) You can approach him because of who you are. So authoritative prayers are spirit led. Authoritative prayers are from your identity. And lastly, they are in faith. They're done in faith. Faith is the reality of what you hope for, but you do not see in full yet. And here's what I want to do for this section. Because this one especially, this one especially is where the Bible presents faithful prayers up here, our experiences down here, and so we say, well, Jesus must not have meant or what he was really talking about or what he didn't instead of letting the Bible speak where it speaks. So what I'm gonna do is I just have one, two, three, four, fives. I just have seven verses. These aren't an all-inclusive list about faithful prayer, but I just have seven verses, most of them from the mouth of Jesus. And I want you to take note of the vocabulary in the verses where it says things like whatever, anything, and all, okay? Therefore, I tell you, Whatever you ask in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. Matthew 7. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. And the one who seeks, finds. And to the one who knocks, it will be opened. Matthew 18. Again, I say to you, if two of you agree on earth about anything they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. Matthew 21, and whatever you ask in prayer, you will receive it if you have faith. John 14, whatever you ask in my name, this I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. John chapter 15, which I just read out of. You did not choose me, but I chose you and I appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should abide so that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give it to you. And then here's one by the Apostle John in 1 John chapter five. And this is the confidence that we have toward him, that if we ask anything according to his will, He hears us. And if we know that he hears us in whatever we ask, we know that we have the requests that we have asked of him. Now, I'm gonna offer you two more scripture verses because I am not saying that if right now, I'm kind of hungry, I don't eat breakfast, so about this time, my stomach starts to go a little bit, and I'm, re- I, 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 yesterday, uh, we took our kids to the rescue ranch across uh, the street. I don't know why I'm telling you this. Just go with me. Um, and it was Docto- Dogtoberfest, right? And there's dogs everywhere, and there's food trucks. And I went up to a food truck. It was, there was this smoke uh, smoker food truck there. Um, not like smoking, but like uh, a grill smoker. And I went and it was they were selling brisket sandwiches i was like i want a brisket sandwich and i looked closer at the menu and it said out of brisket oh. so i've been wanting a brisk i've been wanting brisket for like 24 hours that's a really long time to want brisket right and so i could pray and pray in the name right we it, this is not a way that we just tack on the name of jesus so i can't pray and say father I want a slab of brisket to be on my counter when I get home, in Jesus' name, amen. Because praying, a lot of these caveats are in Jesus' name. And it is not just something we tack on to prayer, but it is something where we are so connected to Jesus that we ask from him, for him, through him. So it's not this, it's not this um, tacking on, in God, If it, we don't say, God, it's your will to do this. God, it's your will to do that. No, we, when we take on the name of Jesus, right, we wear it. It's like a brand. It's, it's our symbol. It's our marking, according to Revelation chapter four, that's marked on our foreheads. So when we ask, we ask rightly. And the other thing that it says in James chapter four, verse three, it says, you, and when you ask, you do not receive because you ask for your own selfish ambition. And me asking for brisket is purely selfish ambition right now, purely. And there's no place in Statesville that does good brisket. So I don't know what I'm going to do for lunch. <laughs> Probably go get roast beef and be disappointed. Okay. But just look at those verses that I put and, and, and those verses that I just quoted to you with the, the two caveats. I'm not bringing down the word. I'm explaining the word more and say, okay, is this what prayer looks like for me? The done in faith? And there are times where I pray and I have all the faith in the world. I'm like, yep. As I pray, this is gonna happen. And there have been situations where I've gone and I've had all the faith in the world and I've prayed for something and nothing's happened. And then there's been times where I've walked into situations or went to pray for people and be like, I don't know if this one's gonna work, God. I don't know. And then I pray and then something happens and I leave and I'm like, oh, okay. So even when I'm faithless, you are faithful. Awesome. Right. So just read these verses Read the Gospels, read what Jesus says and see what he says about faith and prayer. So we're gonna, we're gonna wrap up as we talk about authority prayers. Authority prayers. Here are things that the Bible says that we have permission to do. We can invite the Holy Spirit in prayer. Prayer. We can invite the Holy Spirit into our prayer. If you then, who are evil, this is right after Jesus is telling them uh, about uh, coming to him, asking of him, that he gives good things. He doesn't give stones when we ask for fish. He doesn't give serpents, right? He says, if you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? So when we become believers, when we follow Jesus, the Holy Spirit comes in and dwells in us. But it's made clear in Scripture that even after that happens, there are times where the Holy Spirit fills us in different and unique ways in that moment for that moment. So I try to remember every time, but I don't. But about 75% of the time when I'm going to pray with somebody, I'll tell them, all right, I'm just gonna start a prayer. I'm gonna invite the Holy Spirit and then I'm just gonna be quiet while I listen for a little bit because if I don't tell them that I'm gonna be quiet at, at, when I start to pray and then I stop for a little bit, they'll, they'll, they'll have their head bowed and then they'll go. Like, are you still there? Like, did he just walk away while my eyes are closed? So I, I always wanna to remember to say, so I'll just say, Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. And whether that means he rises up in me or he rises up in the person or he's just resting in the place, I'm gonna invite the Holy Spirit. So when you pray, you can invite the Holy Spirit and you can invite the Holy Spirit in situations that aren't prayer. It can actually be the prayer. Your child starts acting up in a way that angers you. And you say, you go to your room, and I'll be in there in a minute to deal with you. And they go, and at that moment, you just kind of want to say, okay, don't discipline out of anger. You love this child. You love this child. You know what you can do in that moment? I'm going to walk in there. Holy Spirit, come with me. That's powerful. In the middle of the fight, with your spouse, with a friend, with a coworker, Holy Spirit, come right now. You can invite the Holy Spirit into what you are doing. And because he dwells in you, he can show you, lead you, guide you, point you the way to go. He can give you the words to speak when you don't have them. We can bless others in prayer. Jesus says, bless those who curse you. If someone curses you, how do they do it? Out loud with their words. So when you bless somebody, how do you bless them? Out loud with your words. Bless those who persecute you, Paul writes in Romans 12. Bless and do not curse them. Now, if we want to get into the the weeds here, what Paul's really saying, this is not about using foul language. This is about putting a curse on someone. Right? So the words that you say can bless or curse. That's why James says, should blessings and cursings come out of the same mouth? Far be it from me that that should be the case, right? Fathers bless sons in the Bible all the time. It was a big deal when Esau stole what? The birthright first, and then what did Jacob steal again from Esau? The blessing. Because there is, there is some transference of something when the father blesses the son. When Paul writes his letters, he's he's greeting them and he's just pouring blessing upon blessing out of them. And we're supposed to bless our enemies. So that's a prayer that the Bible prescribes for us so it contains the authority of the word of God behind us when we bless somebody. What can you bless people with? You can bless, one of the main ones that I, I do when I pray is I bless somebody with peace. Father, I ask that your peace would just come over them right now. Or I'll bless for the opposite of what they've come to pr- for prayer for. So if they've come for, uh, so for peace, if they've come with anxiety, We'll try to get rid of the anxiety and then we bless with peace. Father, I pray that you would overflow peace in their life, that you would bless them, that you would impart to them this peace that passes all understanding. If somebody comes and they're battling fear and we deal with the fear, then the blessing is I'll bless with the opposite of what fear is. So Father, bless with strength and courageousness in the Lord right now in Jesus' name. That's how you bless somebody. So if you don't like somebody for a specific reason, then bless opposite of that specific reason. You don't like somebody because they've gossiped about you. Father, I pray that you would bless them with the knowledge and that you would use their mouth to praise you. You see how that works? There's there's the opposite effects that happen there. That's how you bless somebody in prayer. I have two more. Authority prayers display the power of the kingdom of God. And this happens when God's will is done on earth. So when we pray for something aligned with God's will to happen right now in the moment, we have the authority of Jesus that He's given to us from heaven to impact the world that we live in right now. So this is why when We pray that when I pray for healing, and if you want, at the end of this month, um, the last Sunday of this month and the first uh, Sunday night in October, both nights, uh, I'm gonna be teaching on healing, uh, what the Bible says about healing, how to pray for healing. You'll get more information on that as we get closer. But when I pray for healing, I don't ask God for it because I believe that there is no sickness, no uh, infirmity in the kingdom of God, and I want the kingdom of God to be here on earth like it is in heaven. So I will speak to conditions I will not ask. Well, aren't you commanding God? No, I am doing what he gives me permission to do in the Bible, I'm doing it how Jesus and the apostles did it. We get freedom from spiritual oppression Right? There's authority behind somebody finding freedom from bitterness, from fear, from anger, from all of these ways that the devil tries to uh, hold us down. There is authority behind the words that we speak. So they display the power of the kingdom of God and finally they reveal the Father's heart. I'm gonna go all the way back to the beginning, not to start over, so don't. Don't clench yet. Jesus says, I'm the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. You're going through a rough time? Good, it means you're producing fruit and he wants you to produce more. Already, this is identity, Already you are clean because of the word that I've spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you. As a branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, You can do nothing. Anytime you want to start getting puffed up, anytime you want to think that you're something that you're not, just go to John chapter 15 verse 5 and know that apart from Jesus, you can do nothing because he holds everything together in him and through him. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers, and the branches are gathered, thrown in the fire and burned. If you abide in me and my words, and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. And by this, my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, and so prove to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, Jesus has loved you. Abide in his love. And if you keep his commandments, you will abide in his love, just as he kept the Father's commandments and abided in his love. And Jesus spoke these things to us that our joy, that his joy may be in us and that our joy may be full. That's the Father's heart for you, that you would abide in Jesus so that when you are so connected, so close, when the the vine and the branch can hardly be discriminated from one from the other, when that connection is happening, that when we ask, he moves. So that the Father may be glorified. That's That's what the Father wants for you. That's how the Father loves you all through Jesus. So here's what we're gonna do as we close. I hope that I have presented the biblical case for prayer being up here. And maybe your experience is down here. Maybe your experience is here. Maybe your experience is here, right? If your experience is here, well, if anybody says that uh, (laughs) he has no sin, he is a liar and the truth is not in him, Right? but even if you're here, you run the gamut from here to here, there's always more. There's always more authority, there's always more power, there's always more goodness coming from Jesus through the Spirit for the glory of God. And so as we close out this morning, I want your prayers from wherever you are Here, 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 here. I want them to rise up here. You have permission from the word of God. You have permission to walk into the throne room of the ancient of days right now and ask him with confidence anything that you want. So as we sing, will you begin to pray out of identity instead of insecurity? Will that be something that you do? Where you will say, I believe what you, even though it might not feel right, maybe though my emotions might not match up, I will believe what you say about me right here. And so I will begin to pray out of who you have made me to be and not what I see in myself. I will pray out of what you see in me, not what I feel. I will pray about what you see in me, not what people have told me. Will you begin to pray out of identity. And then just boldly approach this morning. What do you need to ask God for? And, and, and what I'm thinking about of the prayer uh, uh, being up here and us being down here is what are you just been too afraid to ask for? It just seems too big. It seems like it would be too much of a miracle. It seems like it that could never happen. What have you been afraid to ask for? What, what's been too big for too long? Where have you felt too much pressure? What are those places where you've gone to pray? and you said, God, I'm giving it all to you, but you're only saying that with your lips, and it's not something that's actually coming from your spirit or your emotions or your mind. It's just this lip service, and you're saying, here, God, I'm giving it all to you, but you have this rope tied to it that you just slowly draw back to yourself because you think, I'm giving it to you, but if I do this, and if I do this, and if I do this, then maybe he'll hear me, and maybe he'll answer me. it's the big thing that you've been afraid to ask for. This morning, ask for it. Believe that he actually hears you, that the Spirit is interceding, is carrying the prayers to the right hand of the Father where Jesus is and then Jesus turns to the Father and he says, they're asking again, let's listen. And here's what I wanna ask you to do. If there's something that's been too big, too much pressure. You're a bit afraid to ask it. I'm asking you to just take a step and leave your seat, and you can come kneel at the altar. You can come sit on the front row. You can stand up here. Lloyd and Stephanie are part of the ministry team. I'll be up here for prayer. You can come to us for prayer, but this isn't really one of those prayer times right now, I think this is more of a, you want to come before God, boldly approach the throne of grace, and just ask. And just say, God, here's everything that I've been afraid to ask. Here's everything that I felt was too big, and I'm going to give it to you, and I'm not going to tie anything to it. I'm going to let it go. What do you need to ask God for? Father. Father. Bless us with the presence of the Holy Spirit, Father. God, I pray that your Spirit and your goodness your strength for your glory for the benefit of your children I pray that the Holy Spirit would draw something to every person's mind of that thing that they've been afraid of that thing that's been too big the thing where they feel too much pressure and you would show them that they can walk can walk into your throne (laughs) room. of days sits where the Son of Man resides, carried by the Spirit, we can move into that place. Lord, I pray you give people the courage and the strength. Father, I want you to elevate my experience to your elevate what you say about me not to my own expectations but to the expectations of the word I want my faith to grow not by my own pursuits not by my own not by my own works but through Jesus through the power of the spirit so that I begin to see exactly exactly what you're doing you stand with us Father above everything I pray that you would give your people the desires of their heart in Jesus name above every every other thing father in heaven on earth and under the
3: earth
4: father increase my faith father i believe help my unbelief lord teach me to pray for and ask for the big things Bless every prayer lifted up to you in this place. And where there is doubt, so sow seeds of security. Where there is fear, sow seeds of strength. And Lord, where there is hopelessness, bubble up your hope in them. In Jesus' name, we pray all of these things. Amen. Amen. God bless you this morning. Thank you for being here. Have a great week.